Blog Talk Radio. No, I'm hearing it too. Okay. Are you still Not there? Sure why? Is that okay. any better? It stopped. Yes. Okay, great. Great. So <laughs> good evening. It's November thanks, Marty. It's November twenty ninth, yep. two thousand and twenty, Sunday evening. Welcome to Tanya Talks where your voice is heard and your story is told on Marty Oakley's T S Radio Network and Stephen Burke's eighty nine point nine KLRB. FM out of Stewart, Oklahoma. I've actually, I'm changing it up tonight. I'm actually going to see how it goes with Sunday nights being Tanya Talks with You, Views and News broadcast. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about constitutional adherences and the hot topics of, uh, of today. Um, and Marty, you can just let on whoever it is that that is that is calling in. All right, I know we've got James Treat is on. Uh, I think uh, I know that we've got a couple of other people that told me that they were going to plan on coming in when they saw what the subjects are. Um, and so we're going to just try to open this up uh, for Sundays beyond Oklahoma. Uh, talk about some of the hot topics, but always. Always keep it to the constitutional adherences um, and, and, you know, discussing, yeah, um, some of the public corruption. Uh, it's hard not to discuss, uh, but, but we're going to talk about the reconciliations, how to re-achieve our constitutional freedoms and, and rights that we all have, uh, which means that others do not have immunity for conducting malfeasance, regardless of what office you are in. So there might be some hypocrisy, people feel like, and I'm sure that there really is when we're discussing immunities and who should and who shouldn't and why and why not. But I think when we get right down to it, we're going to find out that it is politics that gets in the way. Politics is not a good word these days as it has been defined. And neither has the news been a very good word. And that's why You know, I've titled this Views and News, actually. Views and News. And, and, you know, the so-called news. So we're going to hash out, we're going to discuss 
some of the things that are important, I think, to us all or those that saw this promo, and uh, and that will actually include uh, tonight, we're going to talk about uh, the, the current administration and moving forward with the death penalty. And that's something that, you know, we've had we've a lot of discussion about as far as, um, you know, wrongful convictions. And so that kind of ties right into some of this discussion. Um, and then we're also going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about the constitutional authority in the electoral process. If we don't see this in the news these days, we're, you know, news or, you know, uh, crossing our, 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 our pages as we scroll or, or as we open up a newspaper. Remember that? But even the newspapers have become quite biased, digital or not. Um, and so what is news and what is narrative? What is a view and what is real news? I'm going to try to delineate a little bit of that if we actually can and when we can. And we're also going to talk a little bit about um, this did happen in Oklahoma, but we're going to talk a little bit about there's another young black man young you know a teenager 15 years old that was um that died at the hands of police officers and uh this week and you know i just saw where um you know there's instantly a, a you know black lives matter uh matters uh chimes in uh about about this and i kind of want to discuss you know uh, people talk about you know their feelings on you know whether this is an automatic assumption of wrongdoing or you know or is this just enough is enough and everything has to be wrong or uh you know we're going to talk about that a little bit all right and um hopefully you know if you planned on calling in you know you've done a little bit of looking up of these topics that we're going to talk about tonight but again you know, this is about your views, too. So I'm going to welcome you to call in tonight, 917-388-4520, 917-388-4520. If you want to talk, press just, just press 1. Press 1. Marty will uh, get you in the, in the queue, and we'll see if we can't get you on. And, and uh, we don't have to go in any special order tonight okay we can we can create a, a little panel uh a table a round table by the people that are calling on we'll see how many we can keep with us as we navigate the subjects i'd like to say hello to my mother in new hampshire tonight hi mom god bless mother and thank you for being here glad you're listening and i would also like to give the disclosure to marty oakley stephen burke or myself can be held uh liable uh, personally or professionally for er any error of content that might be shared here. But that being said, feel free to reach out to me at Journeys to Justice, spelled out, Journeys to Justice, spelled out, at gmail.com if you think there has been an error in content. Journeys to Justice, Tina Gertz and I, are uh, established, oh, still in the final stages, this uh, wonderful nonprofit that we have uh, put together journeys to justice and before the end of this show we'll uh, see if we can't get you guys to look at this uh, little website or facebook page 
um, where maybe you can check off a little, couple little gifts for your nieces or, or your mother or your sister or your aunt uh, from, um, by purchasing some of these little gifts that uh, we have been uh, granted 50% of the profits to go towards us and our organization uh, that is going to help us, you know, get ourselves to Washington, D.C. and pay for some office supplies and things like this because we have not uh, because we just, you know, this we were all on our own with this and, and whatever help that we can get, we appreciate it. And I used to be afraid to say that, but I'm not afraid to say it anymore. There's a reason why we're doing this, and I think everybody knows full and well why we're doing it. Um, so to move on, I'd like to uh, welcome, I think we have James Treat on with us right now. Hi, James. How are you? I'm doing fine if I get unmuted. <laughs> You're unmuted. You're unmuted. Great okay. great to know. Great to have you. I knew I could count on you to call in and, and help get the ball rolling a little bit. But, Marty, do we have anybody else on right now, too? Let me see if I can get her a... Uh, I think she said there was somebody else called in. And I know that it wasn't your number because I know your number... Uh, uh, let me see. Marty, can you let that other person on, please? She might have stepped away. Uh, so she's active now. Okay. All right. Okay, so... What subjects do you have a comment on any of those subjects for for starters, James? Because you know there's an awful lot going on in the in the news today, and and you know and you know this our elections process. That's that's one of them. Did I bring that up? Is let's talk also about what the constitutional um, authorities are regarding our uh, our elections whether they are uh, the state elections and then, of course, our federal uh, elections. Uh, we know that there's an awful lot of controversy over um, some fraud that actually has been brought forward um, in the elections process, and whether that is enough to overturn the votes is is yet to be um, proven. Uh, but it appears to be a great deal of um, election fraud in in the masses. Uh, so, uh, again, we're going to stick to some news and we're going to share our views. So what do you have to say about that? What's your take on that? Well, <laughs> the election fraud is kind of an endless subject, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. I, I would hope people by now have educated themselves enough to know a little bit about what the process is of there is some lingering questions, though, uh, as to what that actually process is, what the process is, and what the application is going to be. For instance, uh, Pennsylvania is supposed to be overturned, as an example, or supposed to be a, uh, considered fraud in an election, and the legislature is going to take back the electoral electoral votes. Unquote. Well, how does that how does that coincide with the state itself is just one of 50 states. 
And how can you have one state act different than the other states when it's and, – and I know each state is individually responsible for its own elections, unquote. But if you overturn the popular vote or take the electoral college vote back to the legislature, how does that differentiate between all 50 states having to go back and only cast one vote, if you're understanding my question? Oh, yes. Yes, that's It seems that's like right. if one defaults out of the 50, then all have to follow suit. One might think, but you haven't heard any discussion on that, or at least I haven't heard any discussion on that. We know if the Electoral College gets, quote, thrown out, then each state gets one vote. But Which, what, you know, and, and term, when people what, first heard that it was, um, then then it's Congress that that decides, oh, well, that's great. Then, you know, it's uh, it's for those that, you know, want um, Biden in office, that's great because we know that Congress holds the majority. Well, it's only one vote per state. And then, then if that is the case, it, depending on how people vote, you know, there's actually, you know, more states that are red than there are blue. So yeah, but supposedly be, there's 31 red states. Right, right. Right, so it, which would mean that clearly that majority would be um, would would go back to our you know a second term for our president. But that's kind of like a last ditch uh, effort, and you know how would that go over uh, necessarily? Um, is uh, well, probably, but don't you have a don't you have a mini version of that? taking place in Pennsylvania if the yeah. Senate and the legislature do a joint resolution to actually cast the electoral vote? The, it, exactly. And and I believe that the reason that they're doing that is because of um the clear fraud that has been uh that, that's been brought for that's been brought forward. So, you know, the Fed, the the federal court um, you know, for the district, for the district federal courts, you know, they're not giving the, the 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 right answers in accordance to the alleged fraud, right? At in some areas, and um, and the right answers being, well, we're just not going to accept, we're not going to accept it, or we're going to deny you, and which is actually denying the due process. So that in itself is a constitutional violation. So you know it's 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 hard to get the local uh, the local federal courts to do the right thing if you're in a heavily uh, a heavy uh, blue state. Um, and again, judges are not supposed to make laws; they're supposed to up, uphold laws um, and uh, and rule based on. Those you know are constitutional rights uh, and and freedom. So, yeah, that's pretty much what's happening now. So, do you think that that's going to take a? Um, do you think that that's I, I, like they're doing that for a precedent, or they're just going to try to get all six to do that? 
Well, they're going to, as far as uh, Trump's team, I think their objective, if you've read Swing the Lines and you've actually read, you know, several backdoor commentaries on it, that's supposedly their strategy. And supposedly that was one of the reasons that they departed from uh, Sidney Powell, because her path was different than their path. But there's probably a lot more to that story, too. Yeah, there's no way she could prove that and all have it prepared in time for the election. Don't don't you think? What do you think about that? Uh, to me, there's still some question as to if they're going to get any finality out of any court before the electoral college is supposed to vote. So does mm-hmm. the lawsuits in limbo delay the electoral college? If you don't have all 50 states participating, mm-hmm. as an example. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's, See, there's lots and lots of unanswered quirks to this whole scenario. Right. Right. I mean, I, I wish we think- knew the answers or we knew the procedure, but... There is no clear cut, you know. It's, they say it's happened once before, but right, it's not a replication of the facts as they are right now, you know, in this situation. So I, I don't know. There's a lot more questions than there are answers. Yeah, there, there really, there, there really are, there really are, um, very interesting. Um, let me see, and I did print out. Um, some resources here because sometimes I do a lot better reading from them and trying than trying to uh, interpret them. But it's going to say the elections clause uh, in the primary source. Uh, let me see. And what is this source? I'll have to share that with you. Uh, primary source of the constitutional authority is to regulate elections for the United States. House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate. Okay, so that's the elections clause, and that's regarding the House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate. Uh, Senate. Um, but the elections clause makes each state primarily responsible for regulating congressional elections. And it vests ultimate power in Congress. If Congress can pass federal laws regulating congressional elections to automatically displace any contrary state statutes or enact its own regulations concerning the Constitution, concerning these aspects of elections that states may not have addressed. So still, anything that happens within the state has to not pervert the Constitution, and so it's like we've had the Secretary of the State, the and um, and the electoral people within the state that have been um, overreaching with their power because it they don't have the right to create the the, the rules, and they've been altering them without going through. This process. 
And so why why is there the pushback? Well, you've had you've had federal you've had well I don't even say federal you've had state judges make decisions contrary to each well to speaking specifically of Pennsylvania, you've had a judge a state judge rule contradictory to its own state constitution. Where it's the legislators, the sole power to legislate that authority that's been taken by a state judge. And there was a ruling, uh, not a ruling, but a um, response to a lawsuit in Pennsylvania where where a state judge has said that the... Juristic, the um, judge has overstepped their authority against the state constitution, and she expected, and it was a, it was a female judge, and she expected that Trump would win that argument in her yeah. narrative. Yeah, be given the constitutional, yeah, authority. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you got to be careful not to. Especially in Pennsylvania, because you've got state judges and you've got federal judges, and it's hard to discern which case they're speaking to and in which jurisdiction they're speaking to. And, and see, with this one with this one situation, I mean, that can be used as a precedent regarding the constitutional law that's being cited by that judge. Correct. Now, the Pennsylvania senator that's leading that charge, they're basically going to take back the authority that they granted to the Secretary of State and to the voting apparatus in that state. And the Secretary of State, they don't have, they don't have that, that, that's the thing. They made switches that were, that last minute to Correct, but they're the ones the what if, I think. But they were the um, ones certified to vote. For those listeners, uh, in case you're wondering, you know, James Street has, you know, attended law school. Um, he's a retired level C, a corporate exe- executive, and he's also a whistleblower, public speaker. And you know, he's been on, you know, quite a bit over these uh, last few years. And um, and uh, uh, and I really appreciate you coming on tonight. So. Um, Marty, you said that you had somebody else on there, so let's let's stay with let's stay with this. But I wanted to see what I want to encourage to hear from everybody, anybody at any time about either of these subjects that we are talking about tonight, and create this roundtable. So, Marty, who do you have? All right, area code four zero five. You're live and on the air. Thank you. Hi, thanks for calling. They're not talking. <laughs> I had to call. Okay, Here I we go call. again. Well, I had to call back in. Oh, did you? That's because I hung up on you. Yes. Oh. No, I didn't. <laughs> I, didn't. I promise I just said that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway, that was... Well, yeah. Just remind your listeners, if you want to come on air, 
hit that number one right after you dial the call-in number. Hit the number one. That flags me that you want to talk. If you just want to listen, don't do anything but just listen. Okay? Okay. Go ahead. All right. I just I just heard from the person that did call that is on that is online and she'll be right back. She she said she'll be right back. She had to go do something really really quick. So uh <laughs> okay. So uh so she'll be back on. So um okay. So okay. You want me to hang so, up on James again? No, please don't. Keep James on. Keep James on. Okay. Okay. All right. Are you playing hard to get with James? Yeah, yeah. No, she's a little, she's, per, she's, perturbed, she's perturbed because I uh, accused Karma of catching up with her a while ago. Oh, Shut did up. you? It's going to snow here tomorrow. Yeah. It's going to snow here tomorrow. No way. He said it was Karma. I told him that could not oh. be possible. I'm a saint. And uh, so... <laughs> Anyway. You are. Wait, wait, carry on. Stay, and, carry on. And stay with the conversation with us, Marty, too. You know, I'd love to, because you're, you're, you know, you're great with this. You know, we'd love to have our talk. So feel free, feel free you know. Um, so, uh, okay, so let me see. Do we have Emily Barnes back in on with us? That's, it was Emily Barnes who actually called in. Emily, are you there? Or do you need a little more time? She'll message me, I imagine. In the in the meantime, you know, no, I'm here now. Oh, you're there! Hey, Emily, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good, good. Well, thanks for calling. Yes, ma'am. Thanks for calling, and uh, and I, you know, I I tried to draw your attention to tonight's show because I kind of thought that you might have. Um, an opinion uh, and a good one, uh, uh, and, and and anybody's opinion is is you know actually you know worthy. You know it's important how we share our opinions and and whatnot. And I uh, and you know and this is about um, this is about the current administration uh, is really focusing. Uh, this is um, William Barr, uh, Attorney General Barr. That he's focusing on um, going forward with uh, some executions. Now, before we talk about that a little bit, I would I'd like to pull up some statistics uh, okay. that that uh, are, are are very troubling. Okay, so we're talking about executions. We're talking about death row. Okay, so in 2019, across the United States, 22 death row. Uh, inmates were were executed. Twenty two across this, across the state. Now, not every not not every state uh, has um, you know the the death penalty. Okay, it's an extremely controversial um, punishment, and there's no reason for it to be. Um, there have been thirty four imposed. Um, in 2019 for death row, okay, 34 that were found to be guilty, and the sentence is uh, for 34 across the United States uh, to be imposed. Uh, more 34 more death penalty um, sentences, okay. Now. 
according to the NAACP, as of January 2020, there are 2,620 on death row right now, okay? So that would include that 34 that was imposed in 2019. Now, let's talk about this statistic. Well. Uh, This statistic is, if there are 2,000, if there appears to be 2% to 5% that are actually wrongfully convicted. Convicted. Yep. Two to five percent. And that's out of, let me see, how many inmates? Uh, Okay. There's approximately two million, approximately two million, according to the Innocence Project, that are imprisoned now in the United States. So that means that there are 40,000 with that 2 to 5%, okay, that could be sitting in there wrongfully convicted and uh, I looked at the numbers for death row. Yep. That's a big percent. And then and for those that are on death row, if it's two percent, the low number of wrongful convictions, that's about fifty three lives that could be ended. That that we'll just start with the one number that is that are that's wrongfully convicted. And if it, you're looking at the high end, the five percent, that's a hundred and thirty one lives that could be ended. Now, do we really need to look at this as, okay, there's an airplane going into a building, there's 70 people on an airplane, but if you shoot down that airplane, it's going to save 3,000 people? Um, Is that how we need to look at this? No, I don't think so. Do you? No. No, not at all. The death penalty is nothing but murder. I'm sorry, um, it's murder. (laughs) They're killing innocent people. I mean, even our own governor, even our own governor still here in Oklahoma believes in an eye for an eye. Look at Julius Jones. He's innocent, still sitting on death row. Right, and is that really an eye for an eye? That's not even an eye for an eye. No, it's not. That is if you believe in it. Right. Oh, what was that man's right. name I posted today? Hold on. I don't forgot his name. I'm sorry if you hear my little ding, ding, ding. It's okay. Uh, Dustin Higgs, he's about to be executed. And he, didn't, he wasn't even the man that pulled the trigger. The man that pulled the trigger got a life sentence. He was just in the car. And... Got and he's getting being put to death. We got him. We've got Richard Glossop. This is just in Oklahoma alone. 
you know, we've got Julius Jones. Yeah. We got uh and that's gotten an awful lot of attention too. Yes, um, it, it really has. Each uh, I'm just have some questions there. Should the death penalty be abolished worldwide? You, yes, you, you know, it's when there are so many flaws in the justice system. You know, and this is setting religious beliefs aside or personal beliefs aside. To me, the biggest, you know, and we can go anywhere anybody wants to go with this conversation, but. I mean, I think the number one primary, like, no-brainer for beginners is here is, like, how can you do that when the facts are just as what the Innocence Project has quoted, taking a chance of killing somebody that's innocent. And so, and why does that happen? Well, because due process has been denied, because they're being denied a new trial. And why? Because they're denying due process. Because if they found something new, some new evidence, or they're asking that new evidence, or they're asking the old evidence be allowed in when it wasn't allowed in. So it, to, to me, those are just, that's like, you just don't want to admit you're wrong. You know? Well, I'd like to know to why our stuff. governor still hasn't did anything about Julius Jones. He's put a commutation, and I believe it's been over a year now, his commutation mm-hmm. has been in. Mm-hmm. Like, how long is it going to sit there before he decides on what to do with it? This is this man's life in his hands. Right. You know, it's just, it's crazy. It's just, the death penalty is just, it's inhumane. It really is. Even, and if you actually do the research and look it up, a lot of the families who are supposedly are the victims in these cases, they don't want it. Are fighting? Are, yes, they don't want this person to be put to death. They they right. fight. They fight and stand up and say, "No, we forgive this person. We don't think they deserve to die." And they still put them to death. Like, mm-hmm. why doesn't the family of the victim have a say in this? Mm-hmm. They're the ones who suffer. You know, I mean, you have two we understand there are those absolute heinous murders out there, you know, we, we understand oh, yeah, that. Not denying that. Yeah. Well, um, you know, that just, I think that death could Very come cold. upon that person just from, from, you know, an emotional response. Um, it costs more money the victim. for the taxpayers to pay for one execution than it does to keep somebody in prison for life. Does it really? Yes. Wow. So let's. So I wasn't aware of those numbers. So, but but you know we've got all kinds of um, costs that come in that come into play and 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 oversight and whatnot. But I'm looking now again at. Um, let me see. Number of you know, state executions. Over the past there's, decade, Texas has had five, hundreds of. Yeah, there's um, 
five that are on death row that are going to be put to death by the end of the year, and they're rushing to have it done by the end of the year. And that's not that's not just Oklahoma. That's in general. Yeah, that's just in general. That's not in Oklahoma. Right. Do you know who those that's five actually, are, that's Emily? Federal. That's federal. Um, not offhand. I don't. I can get the names though. Those are the federal. Okay, so let me see. Just in the last ten years, okay, Oklahoma has executed a hundred and three. In the last ten years, I mean that Texas. Texas, forgive me. Texas I was going to say has. Texas. Yeah, that's Texas. Oklahoma has executed 18. Florida has executed 30. Georgia, that's, that's uh, 27. Let me see, what else? Who else? Georgia, uh, Alabama has executed 17. Uh, Missouri has executed 22. <laughs> South Dakota, four. There aren't that many left people, so bear with me here, because not every state has it. Um, Delaware has executed two. Um, Ohio has executed, I believe that's Ohio, yes it is, 15. Uh, you got to think about what state you're going to move to or live in. God forbid you're accused of something wrongfully and, uh, or, you know, anyways, let me see. Uh, we've got, let's see, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, six. Alabama, I think Arizona, four. North Carolina, one. Let me see. Almost done here. Arizona, did I say Arizona yet? No, Arizona, 13. Looking at my little map here. Idaho has had two. I think I, re- I, think I uh, named every state. Virginia, five. So there's some other states that have, that, that do have the um, death row, but have zero executions in the last 10 years. That's, uh, Out west, mostly. That's controversial. So why do you think that this is being taken up now and not earlier, Emily? Well, from what they're saying is they're trying to get these executions in why um our lovely president is still in office. Yep. That's why they're rushing these last five. Yep. Because 
it's 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 just this is so twisted, isn't it? Because you know, because yet we have a president that has done more for um, the justice system than any in such a long time, but yet a president that holds a very strong stance on that, you know, on on that punishment, on the capital punishment, apparently, um, that has not seen enough into um, the wrongful convictions. Like, because he's a big believer in second chances. Um, So this is pretty complicated. This is very complicated. Let me see. Yeah, we got, um, thank you, Emily, as of November 28, 2020, 15 inmates have been executed in 2020. So uh, Emily just sent me uh, um, something more current. I was reading 2019. So as of um, November 28, 2020, 15 inmates have been executed in the United States. Uh, 14 by lethal injection, one by electrocution, and in addition, three death row inmates are currently scheduled uh, to be executed in December. Which it's actually five. I was trying to find their names. Right, right, right. Okay. You know, and it's interesting, you know, of course it makes me curious, and, uh, you know, and uh, let me see, Tina, Tina just sent me, um, something, yeah, Glossop too. Richard Glossop is 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 one that is scheduled. Um, so I mean, James, we'd love to hear you chime in on this too. Um, Marty, well, let me well. get <clears throat> let yeah. me get some clarity yeah, um, to what was just stated. The cost of an inmate through the end of life versus a death penalty. The exorbitant cost of the death penalty actually occurs during the trial phase. And these are numbers that I just looked up on the Internet, and I've looked at three or four different ones, and they all come out to be the same. The cost on a pretrial death sentence is about $1.2 million. That's a median cost. The wow. median cost on a non-death penalty, life, end-of-life incarceration, <coughs> is about 740000 I wonder where all those one, costs are coming from, you know? Versus 1.26. Well, it's it's the pre-trial and the trial and so on and so forth. Now, the actual cost of housing the inmate versus the death penalty, the death penalty is slightly higher, but they're not giving numbers to that. It's the the number differential is basically in the the cost of the trial. And they list out several different reasons uh uh, with discovery and investigation, the pre-trial, after-trial, appeal motions, you know, all of those things. Okay. Mm-hmm. You've got a caller on. Uh, do you want to take that quick? Yeah, ab- absolutely. We, I really want to hear yeah. from, sure, uh, you know, make this okay. a, a roundtable. Uh, yeah, this is coming in on a blind, a blind number, so um, I just opened you up. You're live and on the air. Go ahead. Okay. Hi, thank like you for to, calling. All right, thanks. I'd like to find out what you're doing with the Whistleblower Summit and if you've um, helped Giuliani with any of the whistleblowers that you've accumulated. 
Okay, so you want to find out what's going on with the whistleblower summit? Well, I want to find out specifically if you've referred any whistleblowers to Giuliani so that maybe they can help him in his case against uh, the election fraud. Right. Well, uh, nobody I don't has know asked what. Come. Yeah. No one's come to me personally uh, regarding the ele- the election fraud, but I mean that's a great question uh, as far as giving you know citing, uh, being aware of it or seeing it happen. Uh, how about you, Marty? Marty's very involved with the whistleblower summit. He's one of whistleblowers. Uh, there's been nothing announced about it, and so far the Trump team has been thrown out of uh, I believe 13 courts, including federal court. As baseless meritus claims, they make file these suits and they claim all sorts of fraud, and to, but they bring no evidence. And well, um, there's, there's, I don't know if you heard the, I don't know if you heard the Pennsylvania hearing, um, Marty, where there's, you know, unfortunately, this is a problem with mainstream, and I know you get way beyond mainstream, but uh, you know, if I, I listened to a three-hour trial. Um, and saw it too, where there were there was um, testimony and, and seen an awful lot of. Uh, there's evidence. There's plenty of evidence. And I saw the hearing myself. It was in front of those yeah, Pennsylvania state too. legislatures. And Senator, I think his name mm-hmm. his name is Mastriano, has said at the end of the um, the conference um, or the hearing that they were going to look into it. What um, Giuliani lacks and what he's really looking for. Um, a subpoena power so that he can go and follow up on the allegations made by the uh, the people who signed the affidavits. Now, a lot of people are confused about the affidavits. The affidavits is actual legal evidence. Correct. And Giuliani himself doesn't understand why um, his motions to present the evidence, since it's a low bar, he says, why the um, the judges are throwing out um, his particular cases. I don't know if it's as many as 13 because there are other people besides Giuliani and Powell who are for, who are trying to present evidence to the court in order to get um, a rendering. So mm-hmm. there may be four or five of Giuliani's team or Giuliani's presentations that have been thrown out, but the state legislators have the power to to intercede. That's why he yeah. um, he, he went in front of the Pennsylvania state legislator to get them to do something. I, I think that was so empowering, don't you? I mean, this is, this is due process. That is due process right there. You know, because well, you your judges a, are... You have a state with Democratic governors and Democratic judges. The reason that they're not wanting the cases to go forward is because that allows them to go after what? Discovery. So they're cutting the case Ouch. off at the knees to disallow the discovery. Right, the subpoena power and the discovery so that they can investigate oh, God. on the ground. This is just... I, it, it, it's, a, it's a mess, but the judges are supposed to be, you know, impartial. Well, come on. Impartial. And you keep saying it's a democratic state and it's a democratic this. Four of those judges are avowed Republicans, and they said the cases had no merit. But don't get this down to who belongs to what parties. I'm a political atheist. I don't believe none of them. If their mouth is moving and sound's coming out, they're lying. And it's just the man lost by 8 million votes. He lost, he lost, he lost. 
Get over it. He lost. Oh, he lost. You don't turn the country upside down Amen. because you have a temperamental no, I, man I, child well, in the White House. Again, this oh. is views and this is views and news. So that's your view. That's okay. your view. And the, yeah, he's going. It's not through, my view. He's going through the the process of contesting an election, which has been done something like uh, well, it's been done a few times before in the past. So that's his right. Plus again, yeah, and it's been overturned twice. Affidavits are. Al Gore was the latest one that was overturned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he's doing the right thing. Um, The man-child label, well, (laughs) you feel that way. But he's doing what he has the right to do, especially since he beat Biden by something like six million votes. Um. Also, again, affidavits are evidence. They have to be followed up. If they're not being followed up, then it's up to um, uh, Giuliani and his team to, to go to the state legislators, which they're doing. Just because well, here, here's the single, one of the single most easy-to-understand example of the fraud. In the state of Pennsylvania, they sent out $1.8 million Mail-in ballots. Guess how many they got in return? 2.5 million. But they only mailed but, out well, 1.8. And when, you have, when, when you have another, when you have um, more votes coming in than there are people, too, that, that'll be an issue. Yeah, <laughs> right, but, but this, yeah, this 1.8 mail-out and the hmm. 2.5 return is using the state of Pennsylvania's own data. It's their data. And they can't explain it. No, they can't. Also, they've also monitored the fact that they've sent out um, the mail-in ballots, and then, (laughs) miraculously, the same day, they got them returned. Now, does anybody know the post office being that fast? (laughs) <laughs> well, some of them actually were returned before the mail-out date. Yeah, that's true, too. Okay? There's plenty of anecdotal evidence at this fraud. The people that don't believe in it, I feel sorry for you. Too bad. But um, he's got the right to, to contest it. Um, the anecdotal evidence is overwhelming. Once it does get to court, if there's any particular type of hearing, and if the judges um, are, are impartial, there will be a revelation forthcoming well you'd have to be naive to believe i'm an i'm a self-taught x-based programmer 63 years old i was around computers when they first came out when i was 18 years old if you don't believe you can't write a software program that in real time will match one for one or distort 1.25 versus 8.85 per vote how whatever manipulation you want to occur with an algorithm you're naive. And to be able to plug into a serial port or with a USB drive, much less the Internet, to alter those votes, you would still be naive. Not to mention those that can plug in from other countries as well. Yeah. Yeah. Once it's proven, hopefully in a court of law or in some kind of legislative body, that the – uh, the machines were hooked up via the internet to Frankfurt and to Spain. It should be ball game over. 
it should be not ball game over the way that people will um, interpret what I'm saying. It should be full bore, a full court press, full bore ahead. You can't right. have United States voting machines hooked up to Europe. It's just well, right. there again, you hit a major point. It's a fact that the U.S. Army went and seized computers overseas that held election results. The problem with that, though, is that uh, Powell doesn't know what happened to him. Neither, and I'd like to know what happened to him. <laughs> yeah. But uh, everybody, uh, as far as I'm concerned, Giuliani and Powell are doing the right thing. Uh, Trump's doing the right thing, and I don't see why people would object to it. Anybody who's right. calling Biden the president-elect, you got to be a moron. Okay, you brought another point to mind. The only way you have a presidential elect is, one, if the incumbent concedes. Two, if the electoral college has actually voted. That's the only definition of president-elect. That's the only two two instances or situations where you have a president-elect. I think it's only one. I don't even know if the president, if he concedes, if that's part of a constitutional uh, right. No, if he if he concedes, that that is one of the two ways that you have a president-elect. Um, again, I'm not sure about that. I know the Electoral College, according to the Constitution, is supposed to have the final say. Maybe if a president concedes, people will say, ah, okay, everything is wrapped up. But what happens if he concedes and all of a sudden he wants to rescind his concession? I don't think it's an official, uh, official uh, declaration if the president, um, if, if, if a candidate concedes. But you may be right. Well, right. there are at least two or three constitutional scholars which agreed on that point. I don't recall their names offhand. Yeah, well, don't ask me what I think about constitutional scholars. They're, they're the same as opinions. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got... Um, you know what? So, in you know Al Gore's case, you know, so he can he conceded, right? You know, and what was the alternative? Okay, we know. I don't think Bush, you know, made uh, rocked our rocked our world in any good way. Um, uh, but now, you know, if Biden comes into office. And I don't know if he's—I don't think he's making, you know, his his uh, radical left party very happy by who he's bringing in. But I'm not happy with any of them, whether they claim to be radical left or or not. But seriously, what is the, you know, what's the alternative? You, you know, so is it worth conceding, even if you know that you won the election, or there's everything that leads you to to, to know that you won the election, right? What happens if if he concedes? What's at stake there? Put us in a place we might never be able to come back from. Well, more importantly, though, you still have a president that's in power, and you do not have you do not have a winner of an election called by news groups until you have an electoral college vote counted and registered and. Um, Validated. You do not have a complete election. 
And that's true. And it has to be done by a certain deadline. And I don't think Trump's going to concede. He's a little bit too wise for that, despite what the left thinks about him being an idiot. Right. Until those votes are certified in the Electoral College, there is no final election and there is no new president. Right. And for the record, I keep, um, I'm, I'm still telling people Trump's going to win because of the Electoral yeah. College. Yeah, yeah I, I, I honestly, I have faith. Do, do, do I, am I still bothered by it? What's going on? Sh- sure I am because I think we have got a desperate situation. For, the, for those that really are in the, in the deep state, and I think that I've had this coup uh, planned for at least a couple of decades. Um, they just didn't expect our current president to come in and seriously focus on draining the swamp. I think that he was. I I I, I think that he was definitely uh, taken a little bit back. You know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he he is ten steps ahead, not five steps ahead. But I think he was taken by, back by some of the people that he was surrounded with that are moles and and you know and corrupt. Um, but uh, but they don't well, want. They we don't still want don't know. We still don't know what's going to come. We're talking about new world order. Well, we still don't know what's going to come about because you may have heard, may not have heard, may know or may not know. Trump declared a national emergency two years ago over voter fraud in the United States. Over two years ago, so yeah. he's more than ten steps ahead. <clears throat> and in and in that emergency declaration, anyone involved with fraud, the publication of fraudulent results from an election, anything concerning the malfeasance in an election, the United States government can seize and lock all their assets. Hmm. Well, I didn't know that was part of the executive order. I do know that what I had read about it, which was a, um, a quick perusal, was that he was um, – it had to um, uh, do with um, foreign interference. So with the, the right. uh, servers being overseas. Which, which, was all, which was all part of this executive order. I'm going to have to read that because from what you've said, it sounds a lot interesting, a lot more interesting to me now than it did before. Huh. Well, and also the three recipients of the reports on that order go to Barr, go to the President of the United States, and go to the one military person that was just fired and replaced. Mm-hmm. So do one. you think that firing and replacement was just happenstance? Uh, well, none of its firings are really, uh, as, the, as the left may want us to believe, are just whimsical. Um, he, does, he does things for a reason. Which makes right. me wonder why um, the FBI isn't on the case. Why aren't they pursuing what Giuliani um, has stated? Maybe they are. Well, yeah, uh, it, well, it's like the separation between Giuliani and Powell. I mean, what's the real reasons? Well, one of the most obvious things that came to me was is that she knew that he was going to Trump or excuse me, that Trump was going to pardon Flynn, and so out of appearances' sake, you know, who knows? But there's definitely a lot of undercurrent flowing that no one knows about. What do you guys think of, um, do you guys know of uh, a guy named Steve Pachesnik? 
Oh, wow. Why does that name ring a bell? Oh, it rings a bell, but doggone it. Um, help out here. Okay, you I guys, don't know. Do you guys know of the um, ostensibly the watermarking of the ballots? Okay, now I that, heard about that, it, that, but okay, it all went maybe away. Maybe that's why. Okay. Do you believe that to be to be true? Because I saw that that came out right after um, right after the uh, the voting took place. Mm-hmm. Now I thought that that was debunked. Well, yeah. I don't. Well, know I questioned it, it and questioned it and questioned it as to the procedural how. And the answer that I got ultimately was is that the federal government supplied all the paper that the ballots were printed on, even though the ballots were printed by each individual state. All right. Now, uh, the watermarking is supposed to be a um, part of the blockchain encryption process in which mm-hmm. the watermark is supposed to make people know where each ballot is so that they can be counted, so that the illegal voting can actually be audited because if the um, the illegal ballots don't have the watermark, yeah, they can be thrown out. And yeah, as if, they should uh, be. Yeah. And if legal ballots had been thrown out in order to turn the voting towards uh, Biden's favor, then supposedly they can be tracked to find out where they've been. So if they've ended up in a ditch, as opposed to the polling places, uh-huh, um, Something amiss is going on here. So yeah, and they're finding they're finding piles of votes under rocks and you know yeah. in uh, trash cans yeah, and uh, you know bins and whatnot. But I I would think that if that watermark was actually used, that that would be front and center at this point, wouldn't you? Well, not in the mainstream media because the mainstream media has already declared Biden the winner, and we all know that he's not. Right. So right. the mainstream media, and to me, um, and I presume to, to a lot of other people who are Trump supporters, the mainstream media is in the pocket of the lobbyists. And um, I've always thought for the last few years, anyway, that there's a concerted effort to bring down America. With the COVID-19, yes. I think that's yes. it. We're under yes. medical martial law, medical yes. tyranny, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, get, you, you put that mask on, whether you like it or not. Let's get people used to to uh, complying. Even though the CDC has already stated, and Fauci himself stated, that the mask is no help, but yet keep it on. Right. And then there is social this, conditioning. Sure. Yeah. Incremental conditioning, and in a couple yep. of states, they're um, and, and the students, students. What about that? You know, they're oh. at least at risk. They're more at risk not going to school. So, uh, yeah, and, and, and my hats off go to some of these sheriffs that are saying, no, I'm not going to go into people's homes and, and, and enforce that. You know, they don't have to listen to what the governor says. The sheriff is, yeah. is the sole authority is based on con- the Constitution, and, and that's what they follow. Well, they've transferred the burden to the individual stores or the private sector to sue for trespass. But all you got to do is look at the Civil Rights Act of 1964, and that falls on its face. 
I just lost my uh, my train of thought. Hmm, I forgot. It, yeah, because there, there was instances of people being arrested in Ohio. You know, the the whole the the whole you know Black Lives Matter, and uh, you know, I mean, as far as that group goes, okay, I'm speaking of that group goes. Um, and, and the way that the, the, the you know the the radical left they're they're creating the problem. Of course, they're the but... ones creating the problem and creating the divide, and that's exactly what they want. This is great. This is a plan. Well, this, this... Um, yeah. I mean, there have been investigative reporters who have infiltrated the Sunrise Movement, for example, which had this plan for at least two years in advance. Either Floyd was something which was, some people might think, set up, or it was an planted. opportunity that, as Rahm Emanuel once said years ago, you know, you got to take advantage of all the crises that happened. So it, was, it may right. have been an opportunity that they were taking advantage of. And... So this, look, people who think this wasn't planned, again, you've got to be morons because cops do not lay down when their precincts are being attacked unless the mayor or the governor tells them to. And if the mayor and the governor are telling cops, do not resist Black Lives Matter, what do you think that says? But again, you know, Uh it doesn't matter. Every time I talk to a liberal they're always got some stupid answer to come back with. Um, doesn't make any sense, so I just mm-hmm. I just say okay, fine. Well, the, there's usually not an answer. There's I'm finding there's deflection. Yeah. Or you know I'm 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 you know or name calling, and, or and that's 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 been my that's been my personal experience. I would say overall. You know, that's been my personal experience. But, you know, and this is why you know, I want to open this up because I'm so, you, you know, this is this forum is open for anybody with any views. As long as we're going to just going to keep it, we're going to keep it civil, you know. Uh, and, and we can talk about the evidence that's come forward. I mean, we, you know, we've seen it uh, all over YouTube. We've seen it all over you know, regarding the election fraud, you, you know, we've seen the, the, the testimony. We've uh, had, we've heard the affidavits being read. And, and you know what? Anybody that's willing to do that under the pain and penalty of perjury, well, then that's on them. But, you know, is this a fluke? You know, j- just like is public corruption a fluke? You know, public corruption is, is, is not a fluke. Public Corruption is a real, true thing. And these people that are coming forward with these affidavits, they're done with public corruption. They, they're they afraid of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. They're going to step forward, and they're our heroes. And my goodness, you know, we've got Mayor Giuliani. And this is my opinion here, okay? This is where I'm laying in my opinion, just like anybody else can. We've got somebody who, you know, pretty much single-handedly took down the mob in New York City. And 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 and, uh, and that in, in itself is 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 huge. So you know we're dealing with the mob on steroids. So no wonder the guy is sweating, you know, up there. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we're, yeah. this is the mob on steroids. Right. 
Um, I, was just, uh, I uh, began my train of thought that I had lost. It was about the um, the COVID. I, I want to know what the math is regarding the COVID, because they've never told us what the um, um, infection rate is. In other words, if you walk into a into a um, a public arena and there's a hundred people there and two people die, right? Um, let's say a few months down the road. Is it is it because a hundred people caught the disease, got infected, and two died, or is it because maybe five out of the hundred people contracted the disease and died? They don't tell us that. But in and of itself, the mortality rate of two percent. If I've done the math on my spreadsheet, it does not warrant shutting down any economy. And out of those two percent, it is. Those that are in nursing homes, uh, you, you know, what is what is the percentage of those that are in nursing homes? Yeah, Overall, it's 4% because I divided it up into those who are beyond 65 and those below 65. If right. those are beyond 65, catch it. It's only 4% of them that will die in order to get the 200,000 um, death rate that they've talked about. They've talked about since then. 220,000, 230,000, 250,000. But in order to get a 2% mortality rate and to get uh, the 200,000 deaths, when you want to find out what, well, what's the death rate of those over 65 and those below 65, mm-hmm. it's only 4% of those above 65 who would die and less than 1%, less than one-tenth one-hundredth of one percent of those below um, 65 who would die from uh, from COVID. Mm-hmm. So you do not shut down the, an economy when you have a group of people who, unfortunately, because of their age, because of their, um, their other um, underlying circumstances, would most uh, likely know, have died anyway. Huh? How do we like this number? In the year 2020, an estimated 606,000... 520 people will die of cancer in the United States. How about that problem? Right? Well, I, I, yeah, well actually, that's, right? That's, that's, that's really comparing apples to oranges because cancer is not a contagious disease. I mean, right, you right. Mention, okay, so, you know, I understand that. Yeah. I understand that. But, okay, yeah, all right, I'm going to look up flu. How about that? How about the what? <laughs> the flu. Oh, yeah. Well, the flu, I mean, this is a strain of the flu, and I believe that they're really trying to um, make us take vaccines. Did you know that oh, Bill... Oh, oh, my goodness gracious, yes. Listen, they've got all the... They've got the liquid metals in this vaccine. They have they have baby parts in the vaccine. You know, I don't know if anybody has seen these ingredients. Marty, I know this is right up your alley, this subject. And, you know... Marty's listening um, because she feels the same way about these uh, about COVID. I, I'm pretty sure that we do. Uh, if you look at the ingredients, of, uh, you know, inside of this vaccine, and, and we're talking liquid metals, people, liquid metals and metals. And then, okay, another controversial subject. You know, we've got the 5G, and then we got the liquid metals. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know why so why why the um, abortion right 
baby fetuses, baby baby parts. You know, this all circles around. This is actually very biblical. I think it's a very biblical time with David and Goliath. And you know, I've said in a couple instances, you know what, you know, we're up against Goliath, but you know, Goliath is going to wish he was David by the time we're done. Well, I certainly hope so. I don't know about the metal. I know that vaccines, um, according to some virologists and epidemiologists, they they were they weren't even really truly responsible for the overcoming of polio um, and some of the other. Oh right, diseases. I, I saw that. Not one death. They were not. I mean, they were not responsible for it at all. It just went away on on its own. Yeah. Um, whether or not that's true, who knows? You know. But the thing is, is that when you take a look at um, the vaccines that have that are all of a sudden are miraculously produced. Now I know Trump started the warp speed project and you know and, and he contributed a billion dollars of taxpayer money to the to Pfizer, Medina, et cetera. And yep. they came up with these uh, these vaccines, but they have not undergone rigorous testing as people think they have. Right. Right. You know? Well it's it, it, when when vaccines be, became money makers, I think it was in the eighties um, that, I, that's when, you know, I think it became a real, a real issue. Like, what do we, all of a sudden there's all these new vaccines that are coming out when they're patentable, all right? I, I mean, I think there's a time and place for science, and, I, and, I, and I'm not saying all vaccines are bad, but I, I, I agree. You just can't rush into these things. No. And you have to be a cynic. You've got to be a cynic before you have these things put into your body, into your body. as uh, somebody, Tina Gertz, just chimed in here with a message, formaldehyde. Formaldehyde is another mm-hmm. ingredient. And, and flu shots, too. Now, yeah, what does I don't formaldehyde do? I don't take flu shots. I, don't, I stopped taking them because it hasn't made a difference with me, so why bother? Yeah. And to dovetail from your cynicism, Lamar, uh, if you want to be cynical, what about the fact that they've... Tr- Hydrochloroquine has been proven, at the very least, not to have serious side effects, and on the positive side, has cured people who have COVID nineteen, but they don't want to hear it. And the people there's who not are, as much money in it, my friend. Oh, oh yeah, it only cost about thirty dollars to get the hydrochlorine um, pack, you know, the vitamin D and the zinc and the, and the other uh, component as opposed to $3,000 to get with General and Demesivir. <laughs> you better believe there's some money in it. Right, and, and, and why don't we hear much more about that, about people raising their immune systems? Why are everybody saying stay inside? Well, what the heck? We need vitamin D. We need sunlight. Mm-hmm. Emily, feel free to chime in. I don't know if you're still here. Um, but just just imagine how much they make to be able to pay that out. That, that's that. Uh, and just amazing in, stuff. They are indemnified from lawsuits. They can't be sued if the if people die of the vaccine. Can you repeat that? You, you said what about the vaccine? The people who are making the vaccines, like Pfizer and the rest of them, if somebody dies, and I expect a whole slew of people dying from the vaccines, they can't be sued. They are indemnified. They are protected against lawsuits. But but yet yet oh, I'm looking I right never now at, um, at something that was published in no, whoo, November 29th, just today. 
thank you, Tina, for sending this just today, the vaccine reaction. Okay, uh, there's something that's published that says uh, December 1st, 2018. Let me see. There's four. uh, Let me get to that headline. Forgive me one second. Over four billion paid for vaccine injuries and death. Now, that was attached to an article that was actually published in January of 2019. Um, so, yeah. So it, I, I, and that's not to debunk what you just said about about that, you know, about mm. um, they're indemnified. But it, it, it's taken an awful lot. Um, so, Tanya, let me ask yes. you this. You see how they're going to mandatory all federal correctional officers and um, their employees to take the vaccine. What do you think mm-hmm. of that? <laughs> I think they, I think they need to. They're the ones that are bringing it into the inmates. Well, that's if you believe in the vaccine. Yeah. It's just like if you believe in well, if you believe in the masks. They're making they're making the the offenders wear the masks, and supposedly the um, the employees are supposed to wear the masks. And and yet a lot of them a lot of them don't. So it's it depends on you know is it really constitutional, and you know but the rights are taken away um, from the the inmates more. But is that constitutional? Is that even constitutional? Because there's really no proof. Is it? Is it? Look, I see people walking into stores without wearing the masks. Well, Sometimes the stores would... skip. Yeah. Hmm. Dershowitz has a good argument. I happen to like Dershowitz. I happen to, he's a civil, you know, he's not a he's a civil libertarian. He believes in civil uh, civil rights. That's his specialty as a lawyer. And I think you saw the same conversation that he had with Kennedy that I saw that was debunking the polio vaccine. Am I right? A um, good hour re- long. I don't remember if Dershowitz. No, it wasn't Dershowitz that was debunking the polio vaccine. It was some other, it was some other people. It was Ken- Kennedy, right? No, Dershowitz. He learned from that. He actually was, you know, because he's a huge constitutionalist. Yeah, and yeah. He, he had said something controversial uh, in a controversial manner about a few months ago, and I said, "No, nah, Dershowitz said that that couldn't be Dershowitz." So I looked it up, and what happened was they didn't take him out of context. He said that the government has the right, um, if there's a pandemic like this to force people to take the vaccine. Now, what had happened was that the interview was, wasn't was cut short, but it wasn't pursued, at, you know, with the legal, you know, with the, the next logical question of why should people take the vaccine if, if it's not safe. So what happened, I looked it up. I, looked, I did a further investigation on the Internet and found um, the subsequent interview in which he said if the vaccine proves not to be safe, then the government doesn't have the right to make you take it. Right. So that's, you know, so that's in compliance with the And uh, so why would there be a vaccine if it's proven not to be safe? And why would the government even be allowed to, to make you, for that to be mandated without a proven track record as well? Like, I don't like the idea that my college-age kid would probably, you know, be told, you need, depending on what state they're in, right, or mm-hmm. even the college that they're in, can they actually mandate well, then, taking well, that vaccine? 
Well, not only that, there was one college that mandated that the students, they, they couldn't uh, walk beyond five miles of the perimeter of the campus. Yep. So you got to look at it this way, though. It's either you take the risk of getting it and, and dying, or you take the risk of the side effects from a, from a shot. Either way, we're screwed. Well, a 2% mortality rate does not. It's like, you know. We, right, we you have to weigh that, out the risk and reform. Yeah. You know, no, and, and and Emily, I get what you're saying because you you know your focus is on inmates where there's an awful lot of really bad nasty stuff going on in there. So I can see what you're saying with that. But as far as the general public goes, right? I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, look at look at the kids in school. You can't send your kid to school now; they don't have all their shots. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know. Yeah. And that's a force. And, and people debate it. Like, my boys, Correct. they had all their flats, and they're perfectly fine, even with all right. the side effects they say and all this. My oldest is 22 years old. You know, so me personally, I would take the shot if it's offered to me because I'm a heart patient. Okay. You know, so, you, I mean, so I, you wouldn't want to wait. Well, there's a difference I mean, between taking the flu shot and taking the vaccine. I would take the vaccine for it. I would. Okay. That's a great thing about the personal choice. That, that's a great thing about the personal choice, you know, because it does become, you know, a personal choice. People have their duty, their own duty to in, to investigate and, and make the decisions based on on the truth. You, you know, so uh, so the truth should be out there. You know, what are the ingredients? Yeah. What are the, you know, to have it, you know, loud and clear, um, you, you know, when you're being asked, you, you know, do you want to take this shot and then be given that the, the sheet after the fact to, to read. You, you, you know what I mean? With the yeah, risk and this and that happen. and the other thing. Yeah. You yeah, know what I'm talking yeah. about, right? I know what you mean, but. And everybody does have the choice to go and do their own investigation, but it's going to be mandated. That's the problem. I, that, that's a crime. I look at that as a crime. And then they're going to link your ability to travel, your right to travel, your right to, uh, to, to apply for employment, to whether or not you have a digital certificate. See, right. this is one of them hard ones. Like for me, me personally – and this is just my opinion. I think we'll use correction officers. They they leave every day. They're out shopping without a mask. They're going around people. They're the ones who brought it into the prison. They should right. be mandated to take that because they're not thinking of the inmates at all. So, like I said, that's just my personal opinion. Well, uh, if they're mandated. Yeah, we have forced. to stop it some way, somehow. But I do believe, too, if the government is going to mandate this, they need to take this till They need to take the shot first and show people, hey, look, <laughs> it does work or it doesn't. <laughs> that, that would be good. Then all of a sudden you're going to see a magic trick because the shots they take will not be the shots that we take. Exactly. Because just like yeah. Obamacare was forced, uh, was forced upon us, they didn't take Obamacare. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. And there were so many that were forced to do it without a fee that didn't have a doctor and their choices, yeah. you know, within uh, within the state even. 
within the state. So it's uh, uh, you, you, it's just that's the other that is the other side. I'm going to make a I'm going to make a statement here, and we don't have time to debate it, but it goes back to the Constitution. It goes back to free man or a person versus a corporation. Right. Anyone in, anyone employed or in the employment of the United States government, a corporation, state, state government, corporation, city, city government, corporation, prison, corporation, they can all be required to. But a free man outside the corporation cannot legally or constitutionally be mandated to do anything. See, but this is a problem here. Remember, we are an asset to the corporation. Remember? Only, 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 if, only if you have unilaterally been brought into their contract. When you've got a social, I think, I, you know. You, you know where I'm going with that, Tanya. Because I, I do know a, where you're going. As, very, a free, as a free man, you are not right. part of the government or the corporation that well, statutes apply to that ordinances apply to, that you're not even within their jurisdiction. Well, they're they don't all... have jurisdictional authority. Mm-hmm. But through compliance, you become that person. Like when you're in the court and, and you're told to, to, to stand up. Right, right, because you were brought into that contract through the suit. Or well, for whatever particular reason, there are people, um, a lot of Americans who, you know, are covered by the Constitution, but for uh, many a year, our rights have been taken away by prosecutors and sleazy judges, and it will happen again in the future. Okay, but you can't just fleece over that statement that was made because that's why we are losing all of our freedoms. It's because we don't stand up and fight for what our civil rights and our God-given rights are. Government and that's cannot why take we your God-given rights. out of politics. Pardon? We need to get lawyers out of politics. We need to get lawyers out of the legislation. You know, again, you know, there was a time when there were no lawyers. Yeah, but you know what? I have, I think I know where you're going with that. Like many, many years ago, after the revolution and the, you know the ratification of the Constitution, and then you know years after that, people were saying we need more common men in you know right. in, in in Congress. We need more farmers. Uh, we need more doctors. We need more people who have uh, drugstores. Right, and but and that's what I'm really feeling actually. Um, we shouldn't be flooded with thing is with me everybody's corruptible so i wouldn't it doesn't it doesn't they all come from our neighborhoods the lawyers come from the same neighborhoods you and i live in because they've gone to school they became lawyers same thing with the druggists if they became senators same thing with farmers if they became senators they are corruptible they will still succumb to the temptation offered by the lobbyists so no okay i'm gonna i'm gonna step up and disagree everyone may be everyone may be able to be compromised, but not everyone is able to be compromised. Or willing to Huge be. difference. Huge difference. Really? Mostly lawyers, I can tell you, 
I don't know not one lawyer that came out of my neighborhood. Lawyers mostly come out of upper class neighborhoods, not lower class. Yeah, there are a few that come out from the lower class, but, you know, of course, they come out from the uh, upper middle well, classes. But you can't sure. sit here and say they come from all or from the same neighborhoods because they don't. Well, um, okay. <laughs> um, the Fair thing enough. is, I'm going to disagree with a statement made by the uh, uh, the host where you may be versus can be. Everybody has a price, and I think if you're a farmer, you go to Congress – you go there with the intention of doing well, but if a lobbyist... I, I will disagree as a Christian. I do not have a price. All right. But it doesn't mean that everybody will do it, though. Uh, that's, you know, what, it does, that's, the, like, that's what it's, I it's said. Just, it's the same thing as people who do know... Um, Let's say enough. Uh, will, you, will you sleep with me for a dollar? No. Well, will you sleep with me for a million dollars? Yes. So what's what's the diff what is the difference what's the difference you know if everybody you, you know if there's a person that's going to say no I won't sleep with you for a dollar and then there's somebody else that's going to say and that same person that can also say no I won't sleep with you for a million dollars and that's uh, only you know, if you're motivated by plan, money I I I can say that's I'm only one, if you're motivated by money where where the principles you know will always stand first. And and I know I'm not the only one. Um, I think that I, I do. I think that it is. Uh, please don't tell me that you know everybody will be bought. Everybody, I think many. I think most, most will be bought, and that people, is a huge problem. I most agree. people will either be bought or blackmailed. Yeah, that's, or blackmail. That's a general yes, statement that cannot be sure And when I take a look at the uh, the works of Congress over the last hundred years at least, I believe it. And what percentage of the population is those few individuals, two, three, five hundred people? What percentage of the population are they? I would say that would be that would represent about at least ninety percent of the population because I don't know. No, no, sir. That. That you think, glo- oh, you that, think that, that universe you named as Congress, that universe you named as Congress, yeah. well, I'll makes tell you up what. a minuscule, minuscule amount no, of the population. You can take a look at the websites of uh, the Republicans, which have held up the uh, criminal activities of the Democrats, and Democrats have websites. Yep. I agree. There. I agree with you, I'm sir. Not, I'm not debating I, I, no, you whether they're, you. whether they're whether they're corruptible because they are. Hillary Clinton? I'm Why saying the general it, statement that everyone. All right, let's forget about the 100 percent, and let me say at least 85 percent. Now, if you want to dispute that, you can't that, substantiate that. No, that's well, a false well, statement. So, how, what is your percentage? Uh, then? I don't have one because I don't have the knowledge, and well, I just, don't just have the facts uh, just from your living to experience. make a guess. Just from your living experience with the people that you've met from the time of first grade to now. Um, and watching TV and listening to the news, how many people do you think? What percentage of people in America? Let's just take take. Well, a- okay, that's going to be a function a function of your demographics. That's going to be a function of where what part of the country you grew up in. As an example, I grew up in Odessa, Texas. Your handshake was your word. How many when people I went, now? Went, do hold you on, think? hold on. When okay. I went to Dallas, Texas. A contract, much less your handshake, meant zero. When you did business in Houston, Texas, handshake versus contract, 50-50 would keep their word or keep their contract. 
The greatest majority, though, from the Odessa area, when I say majority, above 50% or more, would keep their contract by handshake or by written word. All right. So that's a function of demographics. Okay, you want to put it like that, fine. Now, going but, back but to my question. Look at it with those in 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 the offices. So I think I I I think that you know to your point, sir. Yeah. You, you know those that are the uh, corruptible that are in office. Yeah. I mean, why do we think this seeps all the way into the courts, the prosecutor, this and that? It's because you, you know they're, you're being bribed. You get mm-hmm. people that are positioning themselves. And, you know, the, you give these little perks, and then suddenly everybody has to turn their back on everybody else's uh, wrongdoing because they know what you did, and you know what they did. And yeah. uh, Am I right? Okay. Everybody knows talking? where the bodies are buried. You can take Talk, a look yeah, at the history me. of prosecutors yeah. and, those, and attorneys who are, who are supposedly, theoretically, are there to defend the rights of people, but they're the ones who get turned around, bribed, and are victims of, not victims, but people who um, engage in extortion. So, yeah. Tanya, I'm, let I'm me ask you a question. Have... And public corruption. We can, we, can do, we can talk public corruption 24-7, and that's how it right. gets there. And we know yeah. this to be a fact. Tanya, let me ask you a question. Are okay. you after power? Are you personally after power? No. No, okay. I'm not in public office. No, no, and 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 I would like to. Yeah, and, no, I'm, and no, I'm not. And my point is, my point is, I'm not out to get rich either. I mean, it's only today the first time, probably yeah. that I've you know brought up you know I, that we're trying to and, you know I don't make a penny. And my point is, is power and greed go together, and the occupations that seek power and greed, I will agree, are pretty close to 100% corruptible, but that doesn't make up the majority. Well, all right. If you want to believe that, that's fine. I happen to believe that most people, uh, when you take a look at the way that they've conducted their lives, would very easily mm, uh, fall prey to a, a ten thousand. Well, I, all I can say, all I can say is, I'm not. I'm glad I'm not part of your inner circle. <laughs> well, he's not. Not he's about my inner that, circle, or, or that dude. you're part of that. I think you're referring, sir, to you know those that are basically. You know, uh, trying to you know reposition our government to be socialist, and they're perfectly fine with you, 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 you know and yeah. going into and I, a world yeah. order. And there's a yeah, point that's, to be... I agree with you. I agree with you on 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 your statements and your views there. Yeah, you know, and I think we're on here talking because we're so upset about it because we're not those people. Well, but again, we're the exceptions yeah. to the rules, and there are others that are out there, too. Yeah, but they're well, not a, a... Go ahead. Right. Well, a male host, he believes that everybody is fine except for those who seek power. And though, and those who seek power, they're, they're probably psychopaths, while the rest of the population, they're probably angels. You're wrong. Most yeah, people do have a price. Okay? And you want to you go with a demographic dance, tap dance, you can go ahead and do that. But when you take a look at the history of cops... The history of people who are in prison, the history of the um, um, the attorneys who who are not in office, the history of mayors who are in office, they have what? They have been easily corruptible. When you take a look at your neighbors, how many of them will not sleep with their neighbors' wives if the if the wife gave them a little wink and a nod and a little bit of a smile? I believe that a lot most people have a price. 
Now, if you want to believe because you're a Christian, that's fine. But a lot of people who proclaim themselves to be Christians and the Bible thumpers, they're the worst um, perpetrators. So if you well, I was it, I'm a victim. I was victim to one, and and that's a, and it and it it, it it genuinely is a uh, an extremely rude awakening, and it doesn't ruin it for it. You know, it shouldn't ruin it for everybody else. Uh, you know, I need know Stephen Burke, who you know we're on this radio station right now, and and you know I I you know I feel that I know him personally, and that he is uh, not corruptible and. and and I mean, would, he, he, would re- he, he would rebuke about 90% of these statements being made. Yeah, well, good for him, except that there are a lot of people who are pastors, ministers, and priests who diddle their their, right. their, their kids and who have uh, been convicted of felonies, okay? Yeah, it, 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 it's disgusting. Yeah, it it's is. absolutely disgusting. And if they're going to be representative... We need to, we need to cleanse. If they're going to be representative of the Christian faith, then you can take it. You can keep it. There are other people who are Protestants, Jewish, uh, Muslims, etc., who do not live according to the tenets of their faith. If you think that they do, I think you live in the twilight zone. And you can be I'm out of my I'm not making any claims other than what I know myself personally to be, and I take objection with you throwing me or anyone else in the majority of that, and especially the Christians that do abide by their faith and do live and walk by their works. And there are a yeah, few and that, that wasn't do. A direct, that wasn't a direct statement like you live in the twilight zone. You're just saying in general somebody who feels that way, right? No, I meant him personally because he's thinking, okay. that, uh, he's thinking that because he might live yeah. in Odessa that he lives in a nice community where people yet haven't, you haven't seen anybody yet succumb to temptation that they wouldn't. That is not what I said, sir. That is not in any remote, remote reflection or regurgitation of what was stated. All right, then uh, why don't you clarify those thoughts for me? I said it depended on the demographics from which you were raised or born or came up in or where you live currently. Those demographics affect your behavior. Your temptations, your morals, your principles, and depending if your principles and morals, by using your general statement, are not going to be the same in Los Angeles as they're going to be in the middle of Nebraska. And when I so you can't throw throw the people in Nebraska. I don't think it's just the demographics necessarily. You know, I think we need to also take into account. You know, um, you, you, you know your your socioeconomic status and your parents, your parenting. You, you know how are you how are you raised? Right. That's you know? yeah. We can go back to nature versus nurture, but then again, your argument still reflects what you said about since you live in a nice uh, nice city called Odessa, you wouldn't think that the people in Odessa would be reflective of the kind of people that I thought would be uh, representative of the entire population of the United States. And again, you are misstating what I said. I said their word and their handshake was their bond, was their principle, was their moral right. makeup. So, right. Uh, did that I, I not represent the person? Did that not represent? Oh, no, okay, we're going, we're going, uh, we're getting stuck in the weeds. 
the thing is, if you want to believe that since you're a Christian or because you haven't come across people yourself. No, that's not getting stuck in the weeds. The very specifics, how people fly by eye and put out a BS narrative is because they don't want to get down to the individual blades of grass. So you believe that... You can't that, throw general statements out there that are not fact. Well, like I said... Right. And, well, but and people who do, but in all label, fairness, James, in all fairness, there are people who claim to be Christians, okay? And, and, that, and in all fairness, inside of that, 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 you know what, I, I mean... People, we are not all perfect on this earth. None of us is perfect on this earth, so let's remember that, okay? That is a fact that I think we'll all agree to, right? All right. Absolutely. But, but also, but also, I mean, I'm sure that you can, you, that, you know, you can attest to the fact that some people will call themselves Christians, and certainly, as you've experienced yourself, right, are are not Christians because they are I agree. Corrupted. Yeah. So, so you're so what you but I'm not, I'm not going to make a bold statement. I'm not going to make a bold statement that that the majority of people are corruptible. All right, so you don't believe it? I do. End of discussion. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Well, I yeah I I I tend to believe that you know there's more there's a lot of really good people um, in this world and on this earth, but I also agree that um, that you could probably corrupt more than not. I, 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 that's, those are my personal feelings. Um, so when you take a look at the milligram, and also uh, what is somebody's yeah. interpretation of corruption or what's right and wrong? Where's their, you know what I mean? Where's their uh, moral compass standards? Like what's wrong and what's right? Is it a matter of what's legal and what's not, or what's yeah. moral and what's not? You know what I mean? There's so many variables. If people- but Have you guys heard of the Milligram so experiment and the Stanford Research experiment? Well, oh, is that the one? And Emily, hey, hold your thought, Emily. Um, is that the one where the the inmates and the and the corrections officers right, were that's the, Right, that's the Stanford Research experiment, and there's the one with the Milligram experiment, uh, where both of them were using uh, people as authority figures. And yep, that's, the, I, right. Yeah. There have been Go several, ahead. Why don't you right. tell a little bit about that? Okay. So um, my Christian uh, buddy there, you can look them up and um, see, uh, see how that alters your viewpoint a little bit. Yeah, that, they're, 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 those are our are, are, are statements that are, yeah, that's, yeah, that's science. Those are studies. Um, yeah. Let me see. And there have been other experiments uh, as well. So mind control experiments, um, there have been other than that, just experiments where showing where um, um, they were allowing people to be in so-called the natural environment to see what they would do, and they have not exactly been the, um, you know, the epitome of, how can I, of morality. So, right, yeah. and Stephen Burke, who we had brought up, who is the producer of the show for Lighthouse Christian Radio, and we're on it right now, he he wrote to me, as Treat said, James Treat, okay, you're on with us, you absolutely disagree with most of the statements uh, so that you're making, but he, he said, and I specifically disagree with how most Christians live. So we should live by the biblical standards, and if... if um, 
if that's a Bible thumper to believe in following God, then I'm proud to be one. Okay, and you know I, you know, and I believe that you are a genuine, a true Christian, Stephen. Yeah, and you have my permission to air this statement. Thank you. But most people, he continues to say, are already corrupted, but there are some that can't be bought. So I, I mean, I think those are pretty. Yeah, you know that. So those those are Stephen's views, which I'm glad he chimed in because, you know, we. we brought him into it mm-hmm. um and so most people are already corrupted but there are some that can't be bought i mean i think that's a pretty fair statement emily what were you going to say i agree with that some people can and some people can't but my thing is is if people can't be bought why do we have so much lack of convictions right why is just so much public corruption? I mean, it. Look at. Can you I, I repeat? Can you repeat what you show. said, please? Why do we have so much I what? Corru- why do we have so much wrongful convictions or excessive oh. sentences if people can't be bought? Because right. we know they all stick together. I mean, look at the show uh, for life. I would, this I would agree truth. with what you're saying because they're they're covering one another's tracks, and exactly. uh, you you don't know my story, but per se, I, or at least I don't think you did making reference to it. But no, I am against corruption from the bottom of the root to the tip of the tree, yeah. and yeah, and you've exposed I, a good deal of it. And I'm not making excuses for any of those individuals. I'm just not going to throw everybody into that category. But there are a lot of people that not that can't I stop on your behalf either. I'm not going to choose those people that are corruptible as people that I associate with or run with or call them friends or even do business with. I, I simply won't do it. Yeah. And sometimes I mean, you, you find have out your good apples way. and your bad apples. You know, just like you have your good cops and bad cops. It's the same in everything. Well, you know, there's no such thing as being a little bit pregnant. You're either corruptible or you're not. You know? You're either, you know, you can't be a little bit pregnant. You're either pregnant or you're not. You're either corruptible True. or you're not. You know, it's True. To, to what degree? Uh, and, well, I really uh, agree on this, that the people who do seek power are more, let's say, they have a greater percentage of a predilection towards corruption, let's say, than maybe the rest of the population, if you want to go there. But once they're there, there are people who supposedly um, were honest by the time they got into Congress, but by the time they were walking down the halls of power, <laughs> right? And as senators and congressmen, everything yes, was yes, sir. Are you mm-hmm. just are terrific, sir? They become corrupt. If you take a look at the starting at the salaries of congressmen, I think it's about one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars a year now. And you take a look mm-hmm. at, the, at some of the, if not all well, those that we know of, people like Pelosi and the other people in Congress who started out maybe a million dollars worth of, uh, of net worth of assets are now worth after a few decades or not even a few decades are worth 50, 60 million. 
You have to ask And how yourself. does that happen? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And why isn't that prosecuted? Well, you, you know, and, and and that's it. It goes from the top to the bottom. You know, um, I spent some time in Puerto Rico, um, not this past summer, but the summer before that, and it's right before they overthrew their go- their uh, governor there. The governor, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, that started the day after I left. And I, you know, I was there, again, for about five or six weeks, and I, I'm a, I like to hang around with the locals, get to know the locals, there's those people, you know, and and, uh, and and just, you know, blend a little bit, even though, you know, it's hard to blend when you're not from there, but learn. And I can't even begin to tell you how many from the Uber drivers to little stop store uh, uh, shop owners to, you know, just people around, you know, the real estate in the area, they just said how much they just wish that they know how corrupt it is and how much money that they took from, like, the Hurricane Maria, was it, uh, all the money uh, that was given to them from FEMA, from President Trump, right? But but it was not used. A lot of it was not used. That I just wish, I, you know, it's okay if they take some, but just, you know, they shouldn't have taken as much. Because <laughs> that's, that's the point where it, it got to with them. They know they're willing to accept a certain level of corruption, but they just, just not that much. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and uh, and that's the point that they've been beaten down to, and 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 that's seeping, that is seeping, and and you know, and we're beaten down to that too. That that's I believe that that is where we are beaten down to, because we can watch, you know, the Hillary Clintons of the world, the James Comeys of the world, the, you know, these people get away with these crimes. Yeah. That are in these positions. Yet, if that was you, Emily, if that was you, James, if that was you, sir, and if it was me, uh, th- there would be no key to ever come out. And so, in a se- in a sense, we have become beaten down as well. Now, mm. how much are we willing to become beaten down? Well, do you have you a show on tomorrow? Um, on Tuesday. Tuesday, okay. Yes. I've got a show on tomorrow. Would you like to come to it? Sure thing. Okay. It's called, Uh, and everybody else too, Emily, Stephen, anybody else, because it's, um, it's a show that's been, it's not my show, I'm the host of it tomorrow. It's not my show. It's been on BTR for 16 years. It's a conservative show. It's a show that I had talked to you about before, Tanya, where... Um, right, I was on it once, I think. No, you never showed up. <laughs> no, I came on once. I did come on once. But you, you weren't there for that one or whatever. Yeah. All right. But, uh, did, he, did he pick up your phone? Because I don't... You yeah, weren't... Yeah, he, yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. Well, it's beyond the mainstream. I'll be the host of it. If you want to come in and talk about corruption, whistleblowers... Because I, I told you my favorite people in America are whistleblowers and investigative reporters. Mm-hmm. And he, yep. has a, he has a following of 37,000 people, Twitter, fo- Twitter followers, and he also got a message from General Flynn yesterday while the show was on. Oh, my goodness gracious. Okay. Wow. So I invited You've you to You've got come. my number. You yeah, have my number. number. So yeah. you want to send me that? 
No, what he send you what? The link or or uh, or you want me to just call call in? I'm trying to remember what yeah, that number is again. We, just call gonna, in. Yeah, it's going to start at oh. 9 p.m. Eastern okay. time. Right. It will Good. go for two hours till 11, and you can just look up either beyond the mainstream. Yep. Look it up in the search engine. It'll pop up, and you can you know scroll right. down, find it, and come on over. Or, uh, or right. I can give you the number. Let me see. I can give you the number now, as a matter of fact. Uh, if you sure. want to call in anybody else, uh, let me get it. So Yeah, I actually had I had called into that. I wasn't able to call in it when you had asked me to and, and uh and I remember the host of of that show that day kept on saying, Oh, wondering where you were oh, you really? know, because I think he wanted you to know that I was on. Oh, he didn't tell me. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right, here's let me get okay, here's the number. It's um uh, three four seven. Three two four. Three seven five two. That's if you know if you're not doing anything tomorrow, you can come on in and then you can uh, have another right. two hours and you can talk about the corruption because we talk about corruption all the time. <laughs> Yeah. I was just on a show this afternoon that was live, too, and that was an hour and a half. That was the last second month, too. And I think it's just really important that we keep, you know, it's very hard for me to say no, you know, to, to, to these shows. And I, I am grateful that, you know, that I'm being asked to be a part of some of these shows because, you know, we do need to band together. We absolutely need to band together and and spread the word. This isn't about being competitive, by any means, it is about becoming a unit and a union of yeah. people that are just saying no, and uh, enough enough is enough, and there shouldn't be any to to begin with. This is ridiculous, and the fact that you heard from Flynn, General yeah. Flynn, God bless that man. That's right. Wow. And in real time too, because he, um, uh, Donnie, he's the um, he's the owner of the show, he's the host, and he right. was talking about um, how he, you know. Flynn follows him. Then um, all of a sudden, because of what we were discussing, um, I'm, hopefully it was a real message from Flynn, you know. <laughs> right, right. He got, he got a Twitter from uh, General Flynn saying that he liked the show, and he, I forgot what he said. It was something about something Hyatt said. Oh, I forgot. But, um, you know, he's got a million followers, Flynn. So if you get on the show tomorrow and if other people right. who know Flynn may tweet about you, you may have um, increased um, listenership to your to this show. Right. To other websites that you're on. Right. Right. Well, you know, you you can count on me to to, to call in for, for sure. Um, and uh, thank you. And if you don't, then Stephen and Marty and anybody else can call in if they want to. Right, right, Emily, James. Emily, sure. Um, I'll definitely call in. So, um, okay, so Emily, I've got a few minutes before you know closing out. I think this has been a a a great show. Lots of lots of information, but Emily, I wanted to make sure that you brought up uh, the rally that you're having. Um, before I close out, and uh, uh, so why don't you say a word or two about about that? Because I definitely would want you to get that word out. 
Yes, we're having a rally December 11th from 1 to 3 p.m. right at DOC in Oklahoma City. Um, it's time to knock on their door since they're not listening to us. So it's time that we uh, we stand outside and make some noise about COVID and the health care and living conditions and just everything involved that our inmates aren't being treated right with. So I'm asking everybody to make your signs, come out, support us. Um, I will be having a couple guest speakers, so it's going to be a nice little event. Um, People are excited about it, and it needs to be done. So I hope people come out and support your inmate. And if you call in tomorrow... And if Stephen, James, et cetera, everybody else, I will promote your shows on, on the show tomorrow as well. You have a chance to talk about your particular agenda and your particular uh, uh, preferred um, topics. That's, fan- that's fantastic. Yeah, and Emily, what I can thank you very much for that. Um, Emily, what I can do too is I can provide to you that audio that I have with the COO, my conversation with Mike Carpenter. Um, from ODOC, as well as one that I have not released yet, um, but will by then. Um, uh, My conversation with the grand jury investigator from the attorney general's office, it it will just blow minds. Um, So you can use that also as an audio um, in between. I'm, I'm hoping Ricky will be back in Oklahoma City by then. He says Yeah, he'd be a great speaker. Yep. And um, okay. Michael Washington. Oh yeah, very good. Yes, yes, yes. I he's going to yes. he's going to come and speak too. And uh, yeah. I oh, got a few more lined. I got a few more lined up. I'm just waiting on a definite yes. But then well, okay. for sure. Well, the, well, this this is it. I think we've had a, a, a successful um, first show. Um, uh, of, of changing the format a, a little bit for um, Tanya Talks for Sunday evenings anyways, for Sunday evenings yeah. for, you know, views and news. And we wanting to hear not just from Oklahomans, but from everybody else out there. And we're just so glad that we had a, a great uh, panel tonight. Really appreciate uh, you calling in, sir. I don't know your name. Maybe I'll find out tomorrow night. Maybe no, I will find out now. If the uh, the name is Joe, if that rings a bell from Montana. I knew it was Joe. I knew it was Joe. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Joe. Hey. Okay. And Emily Barnes, I want to thank you very much uh, for for calling in. James Treat, God bless you. Really appreciate you and, you know, and, and all the work that, that you do, too. And um, I know you. Yes, you said, you know me. I, I cannot stand general. Uh, uh, we don't want to go through general statements. We need to, you know, yeah, we want to stick to some facts here. And I love the fact that we all brought out uh, tonight here on Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your story is told with. So when is your show you. on tomorrow? I mean, uh, mine is not. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be on Tuesday. Right, It'll Tuesday. be Tuesday right here at at eight uh, thirty central. Eight thirty central. All right. Yes, sir. Yes, Joe. Yep. Um, yep. So I want to thank everybody, Marty Oakley, very much. Uh, you know, for juggling the phones and 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 for uh, uh, 
helping out and doing everything that you do with all your hosts on TS Radio Network and Stephen Burke, 89.9 KLRB FM, Lighthouse Christian Radio, wide fan uh, there, that radio station does uh, a great job. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Mom, I love you. Thank you for listening, Mother. God bless everybody. Be healthy. Be well. And be constitutionalist. God bless and good night. Good night, all. Be safe.